Good morning and welcome to the Rules Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors for today, Monday, November 14th, 2022. Uh, uh, I am Aaron Peskin, the chair of the committee, joined by Vice Chair Supervisor Raphael Mandelman and committee member Supervisor Connie Chan. Our clerk is Mr. Victor Young. Mr. Young, would you please read the announcements? Yes, the Board of Supervisors and its committee are now convening hybrid meetings to allow in-person attendance and public comment while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The board recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will be taking public comment as follows. First, public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first, and then we will take those who are waiting on the telephone line. For those watching either channel 26, 28, 78, or 99 and sfgovtv.org, the public comment call-in number is streaming across the screen. The number is 415-655-0001. Then enter the meeting ID of 2486-917-6560. Then press pound and pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you'll be muted and in listening mode only. Uh, when your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, those joining us in person should line up to speak, and those on the telephone line should dial star 3 to be added to the speaker line. If you are on the telephone, please remember to turn down your... TV and all other listening devices you may be using. As already indicated, we'll take public comment from those attending in person first, and then we'll go to our public comment telephone line. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Rules Committee Clerk at bictor.young at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it'll be forwarded to the supervisors and included as part of the file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. mail to our office at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlit Place, Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. That completes my initial comments. Thank you, Mr. Young. Could you please read the first item? Yes. Item number one is an ordinance amending the administrative code to establish the 706 Mission Fund to receive funds provided to the city under the 2013 Purchase and Sales Agreement regarding the property at 706 Mission Street to authorize the Recreation and Parks Department and the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development to expand monies from the funds for speci specified purposes after receiving recommendations from the Soma Community Stabilization Fund Community Advisory Committee and to require the Recreation and Park Department and the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development to prepare reports and regarding the expenditure from the fund. Thank you, Mr. Young. Colleagues, there's a little bit of history on this one. It goes back about a decade uh, when the uh, then supervisor of District 6, Jane Kim, worked with the South of Market community uh, around the development of a purchase and sale agreement for 706 Mission Street. Uh, which you may know as a Millennium Project, you may know as uh, the potential future home for the Mexican Museum. Um, and uh, after Supervisor uh, Kim left, members of the community reached out to her successor and ultimately uh, not getting a robust response, um, wandered to uh, my office for probably any number of reasons, one being that uh, during Supervisor Kim's tenure, there was, we fondly referred to uh, 
uh, our respective districts as a combined one, District 36 or 63, uh, in no small part because Supervisor Kim's former staff migrated to my office and so there was a point of contact there and so um, the interim lack of responsiveness uh, led to a hearing um, that I conducted at the Land Use and Trans Transportation Committee uh, where we were investigating what became of all of the fees that were in that purchase and sale agreement and we discovered that uh, the developer uh, as a result of that agreement uh, had yet to pay uh, over $3 million in desperately needed affordable housing fees and were working to delay the payment of that. They'd actually already succeeded in delaying the payment of it um, in the midst of a housing crisis, uh, claiming that they were not able to sell their units fast enough, which was kind of counterintuitive. Uh, at any rate, I am pleased to say that the uh, successor redevelopment agency, commonly known as OCII, is uh, now, after my uh, suggesting that we have a hearing about the payment of those fees and introducing that hearing, OCII is in receipt of a letter from the developer that says that they will pay those outstanding fees in full by the end of March. So that three and a half million dollars is on the way. Um, which I'm pleased with, and we get to have one less hearing. Uh, we also discovered that there were open space fees that had uh, not gone through any of the intended community processes envisioned in the original negotiations over the 706 Mission Street project. And ultimately, the community asked that the open space fees um, go through a formal community process, uh, as has long been uh, the dynamic in the south of market uh, through which they could have direct input, which is what led to what you see here before you today. And I'm uh, very pleased and thankful that uh, our colleague now from District 6, Supervisor Dorsey, is a co-sponsor of this together with our colleague on this panel, Supervisor Chan. Um, essentially, this fund takes the uh, MOHCD funds, which cover a broad array of uses in the purchase and sale agreement, including anti-eviction displacement and open space programming, and codifies that they will go through the SOMA CAC uh, process uh, and takes the open space funds that are intended to be allocated through Rec and Park and ensures that they also go through uh, the SOMA CAC. At the hearing, I made it very clear that if departments are spending money for their own projects, or without any transparency and accountability to the community that fought for the benefits, then the board would step in uh, and uh, pass legislation like this. The South of Market has long struggled with issues of open space programming, uh, something that District 6 and District 3 have in common uh, with the uh, lowest amount of open space per capita. Um, so I think this legislation uh, is uh, appropriate and um, I am happy to answer uh, any questions. Uh, and with that, seeing nobody on the roster, why don't we open item number one up to public comment. <clears throat> yes, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item and are joining us in person should line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID of 2486 917 
6560, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star 3 to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your queue to begin your public comment. There's nobody in the room for public comment at this time. We have two callers on the line for public comment. First speaker, please. Good morning, supervisors. This is Alan Lowe. Um, the importance of this ordinance is really to establish accounting and transparency. Simple enough comment uh, concepts, but it was very difficult to get to this point. On accounting, we have to first establish how, how much money has been collected and where are those funds, as well as are those funds being expended for the intended purpose under the purchase and sale agreement. This ordinance establishes that accountability that's necessary for the collection of these funds. The second is transparency. The purchase and sale agreement does contemplate that the, there will be a community review process. There'll be a commitment to work with existing community advisory groups to advise on the expenditure of these funds. And these funds and this ordinance establishes that transparency it provides the accountability to make sure the funds are being collected. It establishes the procedure in which to engage with community groups to advise on the expenditure of these funds to make sure that they're going to SOMA, SOMA open space and SOMA programs. So this is a necessary ordinance to implement the 706 mission funds. And just by way of background, there are three buckets of funds this, there's an annual payment that goes to the gardens and to Soma Open Space, which is approximately $500,000 that escalates each year uh, due to CPI. There's a one-time, one, approximately $1.8 million payment, plus there's a transfer fee that gets paid in perpetuity. So this is a large amount of funds where we have Speaker to have this accountability no, keep keep uh, wrap up, Mr. Lowe. Keep keep going. Alan? Uh, this is this ordinance is necessary to provide that accountability and transparency. And I just want to thank uh, Supervisor Peskin for the eight years in this pursuit, as well as the unofficial District Six Supervisor Sonny Angulo. Thank you. Thank you for sticking at it, former Rec and Park Commissioner Alan Lowe, and for working with uh, the unacknowledged Sonny Angulo, who has also stuck with it all of these years. Next speaker, please. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Nisha Olivas with United Players. I'm also a summer resident and a member of the Friends of Gene Friend and BMD Park. Um, Calling in today because I can't believe it's been a decade for us to get here. <laughs> um, I want to start by really saying that we cannot overstate how much we value our relationship with the Park and Rec Department. Because of our partnership, we were able to serve the young people that we serve almost uninterrupted during the pandemic, we closed for 90 days and that was it. And because we were able to operate out of the Gene Friend Rec Center, we were able to continue serving kids that 
really need it the most here in San Francisco. And so that is part of why with Alan and Sunny, I have been relentlessly trying to track down this money and make sure it goes to the community that it's supposed to serve. Um, we're super excited for these capital funds to renovate Dean's Friend so we can have a nice, shiny new facility like other neighborhoods. Um, but I really want to speak about the service funds that are slated to go to the stabilization fund. We have a huge need for recreation in our neighborhood, as has been discussed. You know, we have the least amount of open space. Um, but when we advocated for these funds when 706 was at planning, the vision was really around supporting youth sports, around supporting senior dancing or senior exercises or parent dancing. West Bay has an amazing mom's dance group that would love to be able to do more. Um, so while this development was created at a time when the city was not investing a lot in eviction defense or, you know, tenant support, that has changed. And so because these funds are directly tied to open space, I just really want to urge that these funds stay connected to open space and recreation when they make the move. And um, just have to say that, like, what has been the most sad to me is that these funds were lost at a time when our community really needed them the most. I know the housing funds were not paid, but the open space fees were paid, had been paid, and it took a really crazy process and emails after emails after emails to, like, track this money down. And that should never happen. That shouldn't be the case when it comes to city government. So I'm really um, excited for these funds to finally become available to the community and um, just urge your support that they stay connected to the open space and recreation that they were intended for. Thank you so much. Thank you for your advocacy all these years. Are there any other members of the public to comment on item number one? Uh, yes, we do have additional callers. Can we have our next caller, please? Hi, good morning, supervisors. My name is Heather Phillips, and I work uh, with United Players, and I'm also part of the Friends of Gene Friend uh, and BMD Park. And like Misha, we have been working since this project was at planning um, to see that these dollars really do go towards open space and particularly youth sports programming. And so thank you, thank you to Supervisor Peskin's office and Sonny Angulo um, and Alan Lowe and folks who just continually worked to make sure that these funds do not disappear. And so just wanted to give my support for this ordinance today, making sure that there's clarity and community process to make sure that these dollars continue to support the community, they continue to support youth and seniors and families. Um, I think that the transparency and the accountability that it brings will shine light on the great work that RPD is doing here in the SOMA and so many other folks. So thank you so much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good morning. Uh, my name is Ann Campo. I'm a member of West Bay, but also born and raised in the South and Market area. I support the 706 Mission Fund being advised by SOMA Stabilization Fund so it can benefit some of SOMA's most vulnerable residents. And so we can have more recreational activities, specifically for the youth and families in SOMA. Um, our kids want to join baseball and other sports, and our moms love dancing, and currently there is little to no funding for them to have activities like this in SOMA. 
Um, so I support funds being moved to the stabilization fund to ensure SOMA residents have recreational activities and opportunities. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Good morning, everyone. My name is Carla Laurel, and I'm the director of West Bay Filipino Multi-Service Center. I'm also a part of Friends of Jean Friend and VMD. And I just wanted to send my appreciation to Supervisor Peskin and the sponsors, Supervisor Dorsey and Supervisor Chan, and of course his office, Sunny Angulo, Alan Lowe, and Misha, for making sure that these funds that the community advocated for almost 10 years ago don't get lost and are used for our community. The SOMA community, especially those that are the most vulnerable and underrepresented, uh, we serve predominantly folks in the in SOMA's youth and family zone, um, and these are some of the family members um, that aren't usually talked about, but are the ones that, um, as Supervisor Peskin mentioned, have the, the least amount of open space. Um, and so we really appreciate, as Misha said, RPD and the support they've given us over the years, especially in our partnership with United Players to use Gene Friend so we can have our kids and our families there. And we just wanna make sure that the funds um, that we had advocated for over 10 years ago continue to be used for these families so that we can have more activities at Gene Friends, so that we can have more recreational activities like dancing, um, as they've mentioned before, and sports for our kids and for our seniors as well to, to do recreational activities. Um, so again, I just support the 706 fund um, mission funds being advised by the SOMA Stabilization Fund so that the community can consistently have a voice. And I thank you again, Supervisor Peskin, your office, and of course, um, Sunny Lisa and Alan for really making sure that these funds continue to stay for those members in the community that need it most. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. Just checking to see if there are any additional callers. Uh, that was our last phone caller. Okay, public comment for item number one is closed and Supervisor Mandelman. Uh, thanks for your work on this, uh, Chair Peskin, and thank you, uh, Supervisor Angulo, and uh, please add me as a co-sponsor. <laughs> thanks so much, and with that, I'll make a motion to send item one to the full board with a positive recommendation on that motion. A roll call, please. Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. Next item, please. Next on the agenda is item number two. Ordinance amending the administrative code to require Board of Supervisors approval of a policy governing the funding, acquisition, and use of certain law enforcement equipment consistent with the criteria set forth in state law and approving the police department's use of equipment policy. Thank you, Mr. Young. Colleagues, uh, it's taken a few meetings, but I want to thank the police department for working with me in my office on continuing to hone the policy, uh, which as a result of our most recent conversations resulted in the policy that is now in the packet and has been circulated to all of you as of Thursday and is available, has been available since then for the public to see, which I uh, recommend to you. I am happy to answer any questions as to how we got here. And I uh, want to thank uh, Captain Jamarina and Lieutenant Kim and Asha Steve, Steves for their work. 
and they are here to answer any questions that we may have. Any questions, colleagues? If not, why don't we go to public comment on item number two that has been heard in this committee. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six times. Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person should line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID of 2486-917-6560, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the way until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your cue to begin your comment. Uh, we have uh, a member of the public in the chamber with us today. Uh, please come forward. Hi, my name is Arthur Koch. I'm a small business owner with a storefront and an artist living in District 9. Hillary Ronan is my supervisor, and I have an exhibit of paintings and drawings of the Mission District, Bernal Heights, and the Portola, where I live. I also sent her a letter in anticipation of this going to the full board. I'm a member of the San Francisco Friends Meeting, serving on the Peace and Social Concerns Committee. Uh, we have a Quaker meeting house just a couple blocks away here at 65 South 9th Street. So we're no strangers to City Hall or, or the neighborhood that surrounds it. First of all, I want to thank you for the improvements to the proposed policy. I asked the Board of Supervisors to call for further improvements of the proposed military equipment use policy. We thank the SFPD for improving its proposed policy, authorized use definitions, but more improvement is still needed. The policy must describe both the circumstances in which weapons are used and how the weapons are used and when they should not be used. Uh, we need clear limits to broad definitions of authorized use. San Francisco should set a specific delivery date for its annual report that will align with the city's budget process. These weapons and the personal costs involving training on them and deploying them are a poor physical choice for San Francisco. San Francisco PD's proposed policy should allow SFPD to acquire equipment without prior board of supervisors' approval. If it runs low on any of its stock or wishes to replace any of its equipment, if this happens, this is exactly a situation in which more oversight is needed, not less. I appreciate that this proposed policy has improved under Chair Peskin's leadership, and I hope there will be continued improvements before the proposed policy is heard by the full Board of Supervisors. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Uh, there being no further uh, speakers in the chamber, we can move to our uh, public comment call in line. Can we have our first caller, please? Hi, this is Jennifer Tu. I work for the American Friends Service Committee. Uh, first, I wanted to thank Chair Peskin and this committee for taking the time to uh, fully consider the proposed policy from SFPD. Uh, that, that work being the policy has improved uh, though I think the count is a little bit off, uh, the policy has been agendized six times, but it did not receive substantial comment during uh, all of those times. There's one part of the proposed policy iteration, the current one, that I'm uh, con particularly concerned with, and that's the exclusion of 375 of its 608 assault rifles. 
This misleads the public in thinking the police only have um, a little bit over 200 rifles rather than the over 600 assault rifles that it actually has. These weapons need to be included in the policy in full for two reasons. First, just this year, SFPD has killed three people with assault rifles. One of the people killed by SFPD was suicidal. The other two were men who were killed while they were on the ground grappling with each other over a knife. All 608 assault rifles need to have use policies describing when it is authorized or prohibited to use, including when someone is in a mental health crisis. Second, every type of equipment covered in the proposed use policy, each of them is required to have an annual report. These annual reports are required to include uh, a summary of the use and also to describe the fiscal impact. The fiscal impact includes not just the initial acquisition cost, uh, but the ongoing cost as well. The, the law is clear that that needs to include personnel time, including training and maintenance. Uh, and we know that that means that all of those ongoing costs are primarily going to be around personnel. The public deserves to know the fiscal impact of all these deadly weapons including all 608 assault rifles, in addition to the 15 submachine guns and 64 machine guns. I hope the Rules Committee will continue to consider SFPD's use policy and ask how each of the weapons may be used and what changes to the policy could better safeguard the public. Thanks very much for all of your work on this. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Um, Good morning, Supervisors. This is Regina Sneed. I'm a member of District 2 Supervisor, Stefani's district. Um, I wanted to, to uh, step back a bit and remind us what uh, AB 481 requires. That was the law that was passed in recognition that the public is deeply concerned with the militarization of the police. The law sets forth some minimum requirements to de demilitarize the police by disclosing what military equipment is owned and the associated costs, and by providing a policy for the appropriate use of this equipment, and by requiring an annual report on its deployment and cost. So this ordinance um, has gone through about six iterations now. Um, I want to thank the police department and Supervisor Peskin for um, their engagement uh, to make this a better ordinance. Um, I think it's getting there. I support the comments made by the previous speaker about the assault weapons. I really think it's, it's confusing to the public if we don't have those assault weapons all reported on in this annual report, even if uh, standard use is not required to be uh, included in that. And I wanted to to uh, harken back to two of my previous comments that I've made. Um, I really do think it really is important to have this ordinance tied to the uh, budget process. I think it'll allow the public and um, the board members an opportunity to really um, use the information that's going to be in this annual report to the public's benefit and to make sure that we are uh, engaging in the type of discussion around uh, what AB 481 requires. And I'm a big fan of uh, private right of action, so I've mentioned this Speaker before. Speaker time has elapsed. Thank you. I just uh, Can we have our next caller, please? Uh, can you hear me okay? 
Uh, please proceed. Great. Uh, David Pilpo, uh, good morning. I just wanted to uh, appreciate the work that Supervisor Peskin, his staff, uh, others behind the scene, and the uh, police department have uh, made on this uh, policy, uh, the improvements, fine-tuning, checking it carefully. Um, so I support the uh, policy and, and the ordinance as most recently amended. Um, and on a somewhat unrelated topic, I was very sad to learn this morning that uh, Crispin Hollings, most recently of the Sheriff's Department, passed away last week. He was a wonderful person and he will be missed. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, my name is Paul Briley, and I live in San Francisco in Baby Harness Point. I represent all of us or none. I want to thank you for the improvements to the proposed policy, but I do ask the Board of Supervisors to call for further improvements of the proposed military equipment use policy to more fully define authorized use for all weapons, including the 600 assault rifles. These weapons are misused, and this policy does not safeguard the public's welfare. I am a resident in the neighborhood, and I realize that officers ride around with these assault rifles. Um, so if you could clearly define the authorized use, I've literally been stopped and frisked and at gunpoint with an assault rifle for loitering. Um, please define the authorized use because these weapons are misused. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was our last uh, phone-in uh, commenter. Thank you. We'll close public comment on item number two. And let me start by um, saying this has been an interesting exercise that has been foisted upon us by uh, our now city attorney uh, and his then colleagues in the California State Legislature Assembly Bill 481, which applies not only to San Francisco, but cities and counties are doing this around the state of California. Uh, and uh, we've, I actually spent a significant amount of time looking at other nascent policies in different counties and in Oakland and around the Bay Area. Um, the speakers are right. This is an ongoing process. This will be done on an annual basis by uh, this and future Board of Supervisors. And part of my thinking, and I think part of the interaction that I had with the department, was really trying to create the baseline uh, for future generations of boards to be able to measure against and to fine-tune uh, over time. Um, as it relates to uh, synchronizing this process with the budget process, I would offer the following observations, which is everything is synchronized with the budget process. Uh, the budget process is pretty much an ongoing process every year. Uh, it's kind of starting for next year right about now. So um, the way I envision this, uh, we'll be getting this report um, before a budget is adopted, I mean, we do it every 12 months, and if there are needs to adjust things monetarily, we'll have that opportunity. Um, as the private right of action, uh, while there are certain rare instances where private rights of action, I think, are warranted as a matter of policy, 
they are few and far between, and I don't think that this one rises to it, at least not yet. Uh, I think the fundamental notion under AB 481 is to give an independent oversight body, in this case the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, the ability to monitor and make adjustments as necessary, uh, and I for one uh, was not, uh, did not cotton to the notion of a uh, private right of action, uh, at least not yet and hopefully not ever. Uh, in this process, I think it was really about balancing um, authorized use and purpose knowing that we live in a world that is full of January 6th insurrections and uh, pretty crazy one-off things that can happen that we need to be prepared for uh, in the same, at the same time uh, that we don't want to see, uh, nor frankly have we seen in quite some time, uh, displays of militarization that are not necessary. Um, I think the PD fundamentally gets that, um, but this process now and in the future will allow the elected civilian body to oversee that. Um, so with that, uh, colleagues, I am prepared. Oh, Supervisor Chan, my apologies. Thank you, Chair Peskin. I um, want to first thank you for your leadership on this and taking the time. I think we've been having this discussion for quite some time now. I really appreciate also that SFPD has been working with our team and really taking our feedback. Um, we have asked specifically, you know, in your annual report to not just include the time of use and the purpose of use, but also if any injury sustained. And I think that was with the goal of trying to understand the impact of these equipment have on San Franciscans or just anyone um, being in the city and when any type of incidents occur um, that require SFPD using military equipment, what kind of impact, especially physical impact, on, on the people uh, in the city. So we appreciate the feedback uh, that you have taken and willing to accept, and so um, I look forward to be supporting to this policy today, um, but also uh, we'll continue to monitor the annual report and being able to have an open dialogue and ongoing conversation about how do we address and adjust the inventory and whether it's necessary or you know how do we expand if necessary for to balance the public safety goals that we have and i do agree with uh, chair peskin mentioning january 6 uh, as a good example of seeing that we do need our police force to be ready in the events that we we are under attack physical attack as a city so thank you um and thank you chair peskin Thank you, Supervisor Chan. Seeing no other names on the roster, I will make a motion to send the policy as revised with a positive recommendation to the full Board of Supervisors on that motion. A roll call, please. Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, I, the motion passes without objection. And now we get to go grapple with the Sheriff's Department. Uh, not today, but soon. Thank you, Ms. Steves and uh, Captain Jamarina, and to uh, everybody at the department who participated in this. Mr. Clerk, next item, please. 
Yes, next on the agenda is item number three, ordinance amending the administrative code to revise the definitions of gender identity, sex, and sexual orientation, and add the definition of gender expression in chapter 12B and 12C, revise the definition of age in chapter 12A and 12B, and revise the definition of disability in chapters 12A, 12B, and 12C. Okay, Mr. Polino, the last we scheduled this, you said we had to continue it because of a meet and confer obligation. What has happened to that? Uh, thank you for the question, Chair Peskin. Um, it seems that DHR had uh, taken a look at this item and they have no jurisdiction as it just applies to city contractors. Got it, okay. So meet and confer, going, going, gone. With that, we will go to Jude Diebold from HRC. Hi, thank you. Um, so in reviewing our administrative code, the San Francisco Human Rights Commission, Civil Rights Division identified multiple definitions for protected characteristics that are outdated and problematic. Some of the necessary fixes were a bit easier to identify, such as removing the age cap from age discrimination so that it is in alignment with state law. However, the definitions related to sexual orientation and gender identity required a bit more work. As a representative with the HRC Civil Rights Division, I worked with our former legal intern, Lisa Boswell, interviewed subject matter experts, reviewed California state laws and laws in other jurisdictions, worked with the HRC LGBTQ Equity Subcommittee, collected responses on a public survey, and received feedback and approval from the city attorney's office. We ask that these propo uh, proposals be approved so that the ordinances we enforce with the Civil Rights Division accurately reflect the communities we protect. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hi, my name is Matthew Oglander. I'm also with the San Francisco Human Rights Commission Civil Rights Division. And just want to um, add a little bit of explanation. Um, as Jude mentioned, this uh, proposal is cleaning up some problematic definitions that currently exist in the administrative code. And um, to give you an example, one of the definitions is the definition of age. Currently, our administrative code caps the definition of age for employment discrimination purposes at age 65. And that was uh, the case uh, at the time this law was written, that it was also capped under state and federal law. Since then, state and federal law have evolved. They uh, increased the age cap and then removed it entirely, but it remains in our ordinance, um, so we want to eliminate that. Um, the definition for disability is currently aligned with the narrower, more restrictive definition under federal law rather than the broader, more expansive definition under California state law, which did not exist at the time that our, our current local law was written. Um, and I also just wanted to mention that we do have a letter of support from uh, Director Bone of the Mayor's Office on Disability that I believe uh, was sent to the supervisors this morning, and um, we'd be happy to answer any questions that any of the supervisors have about this proposal. We are in receipt of Nicole's letter, and I have no questions. I read it last time, and it is the same as this time. And I know that Vice Chair Mandelman is a co-sponsor, so I don't know if you have any questions or comments. Go ahead. Thank you, Chair Peskin. Um, really only just to uh, express thanks and gratitude to the HRC uh, and to the Mayor's Office for sponsoring this. There we go. Uh, is there any public comment on item number three? 
Um, Chair Peskin, just before we move on to that, I just wanted to be sure that I heard correctly that meet and confer is not required on this. That matter. is correct. Thank you. Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person should line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID of 2486-917-6560, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star 3 to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your cue to begin your comment. There are no parties in the room for public comment, and there's nobody on the phone line for public comment on this matter. Okay, public comment on item number three is closed, and Supervisor Mandelman, would you like to do the honors? I'll move that we forward this to the full board with positive recommendation. Roll call, please. Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. We are adjourned.